0: Irreverent, entertaining, cool,
1: you're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Dr. Nina Show with Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin, only on L.A. Talk Radio.
0: Hey there, welcome to The Dr. Nina Show here on L.A. Talk Radio. I am your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin, and I am here to help you stop counting calories, carbs, and fat grams so you can easily get to a healthy weight and get on with your life. That is the goal, to wake up and think about your day, not your diet. If you'd like to join me today, the number here in the studio is 818-602-4929. 818-602-4929. It is a cloudy, rainy day here in L.A. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I would love to hear what is on your mind, what is weighing on you, because the real problem with binge eating, stress eating, any kind of compulsive eating, any kind of problematic eating, the real problem is not food. The problem is what is eating at you. So today, I want to talk about how to reach your goals. Reach your goals, whether they're weight loss goals or some other kind of life goals. Uh, Over the weekend, I walked with uh, 1,900 other people and 350 crew members and lots and lots of volunteers and lots of amazing people out in the streets of San Diego. I walked the uh, Susan G. Komen three-day, 60-mile walk for a cure. Uh, my best friend and I spent months training for this sixty-mile walk. We walked twenty miles Friday, twenty miles Saturday, twenty miles Sunday, and it really was one step at a time. Uh, it's such a, a metaphor for the fact that you know we're all on a journey. We're all in a journey somewhere. We all want a a goal. We have a goal in mind that we want to reach, and nobody. Wakes up and says, "I'm walking 60 miles today." Out of nowhere, no. You wake up and you say, "I'm right. I'm going to do one mile, and then two miles, and then three, and then we ended up doing four miles consistently six days a week for months and months. And doing that helped us be able to walk the 20 miles when it came down to that. Um, you know, and and the other thing I notice is that we all finish at different times. Everyone finished at different times, but we all got to the finish line. So it's not a race. Whatever your goal is, the idea is to reach the goal, not to reach it in some time frame that you think you should, don't should on yourself, that you should reach it. The the idea is to figure out what is your finish line and how are you going to cross it. And by the way, it is never too late to start making changes in your life that you want to change. There was a man on the walk, I I've, I've, I don't know his name, but he is 87 years old, and he did all three, no, seven, he did all seven three days this year. He walked 60 miles seven times, raised a ton of money for Susan G. Komen, and when did he start walking? When did he start walking 60 miles? Well... He started when he was 72 years old. That's when he did his first three-day walk. And he's now 87, and he's doing every single one of them. So it's never too late to start, and it's never too late to um, to reach your goals. All you have to do is literally put one foot ahead of the other or figuratively put one foot ahead of the other. And... Uh, Another thing that I realized on the walk was all along the route, the entire time, and every day was 20 miles, there were people cheering us on. There were official cheer stations, and then there were just people who pulled over and were handing out waters or, you know, snacks or whatever. Then there were people who were – their houses were on the on the route, and they – decorated with pink ribbons and or they just went out and sat in, in in front of their houses or stood in front of their houses and and clapped for us and cheered us on. And so many people were there to inspire us and encourage us and motivate us and that made a huge difference. Because just as you're just thinking, "Oh, how am I going to finish because I feel that blister on my toe really badly? How am I going to hobble to the rest of this walk today and then do it again tomorrow? And tomorrow again, there's someone going, thank you, thank you for doing this, or uh, we're with you. And it was incredibly, incredibly moving and inspiring. And guess what? I have a community of people who get it, who understand it, who are here to cheer you on, to motivate you, to encourage you, to help you. And that community is called the Dr. Nina's Food for Thought community. So if you uh, would like to join us there, if you could use some encouragement, some cheering on, just some understanding, feel free to join us. Just go to uh, Dr. Nina's Food for Thought Community. Ask to join, answer a few quick questions, and then you'll be in. You'll be part of the community, too. Okay, so getting back to the topic at hand, which is how to reach your goals, whether you're trying to tackle a huge project, like walk 60 miles in three days, whether you want to heal your relationship to food, write a book, go back to school, get a new job, any kind of change you want to make in your life, small steps have a huge effect. So here's how. First of all, small steps get us started. The secret of getting ahead is getting started, said Mark Twain. And Ann Gomez, who is a productivity and leadership consultant, lists six reasons why small steps are the best way to tackle big goals. So here we go. Again, small steps helps get us started. They don't feel overwhelming. You could take one one step. You can take 10 steps. A mile, 60 miles, that's hard. You don't think about a mile. You don't think about 60 miles. You think about one step at a time. So, once you're in motion, by the way, it's easier to keep going. So, Ann Gomez says that for years she started she she started thinking, well she was thinking about starting a meditation ritual, but she couldn't imagine the idea of investing an hour a day of meditating the way Gandhi did apparently Gandhi once said i have so much to accomplish today that i must meditate for 2 hours instead of 1 so she just she just thought oh i really need to meditate but oh an hour a day to meditate and just sit there and think about whatever it was too much it was too daunting she couldn't do it but she eventually learned that just 5 to 10 minutes of daily meditation had a positive effect. So she just made a commitment to, instead of doing it for an hour, she made a commitment to do it for 5 to 10 minutes. And, you know, you could do almost anything for 5 to 10 minutes. So she started. And it was easier for her to keep going because she, she could take 5 minutes and, and meditate. And, and she says that this is what athletes who, who face grueling early morning workouts do. They don't bound out of bed at 4.30 in the morning or 4 in the morning or whatever and say, woo, can't wait to get to vaulting or pole jumping or running my fastest mile. No, they just focus on the first step, get out of bed. Then the next step, put on your running shoes, get in the car, step by step by step by step, and eventually they get to that gym or to the track or wherever they're doing their super tough workout, they just don't allow themselves a chance to opt out beforehand. It's like, okay, I can get out of bed. Because if you're lying in bed and it's all warm and cozy and it's cold outside like it is today in LA, well, I think it's cold. Maybe other people wouldn't. I don't know. What is it? 65 degrees? (laughs) Don't hate me. It's cold for LA. When you're lying in bed and you're thinking, oh, it's so cozy. I don't want to go running that you're more likely to stay in bed. But if you say, "Mm, it's so cozy, I'm I'm just going to get out of bed. That's all I'm going to do. Oh, I'm going to go brush my teeth. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make some coffee. All of those things lead you to where you eventually want to go. She says small steps add up to big results. Whether you are preparing for a big presentation, renovating your kitchen, building your physical endurance, trying to lose weight, Small, consistent steps add up. Uh, And she gives the example of fitness. One study published in Medicine Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise found the group who exercised for 13 minutes per session three times a week for two months showed similar strength improvements as those who exercised 70 minutes per session. So everyone went to the gym for three times a week the people who exercised for 13 minutes had similar results to those who exercised 70 minutes. The only catch was each session was done at maximum effort. So it was a super intense 13 minutes as opposed to a moderate 70 minutes. So you could do 13-minute workouts and get the same results as people who are going to the gym for multiple times the the amount of time that you're spending in the gym because your muscles are exhausted at the end of the set, and that is really the the point. Lots of people go to the gym, and they say, oh, I was there at the gym for an hour, but how much of that hour is really spent in exercise? Uh, A similar study from McMaster University found participants who cycled for 10 minutes three times a week had similar gains as others who cycled for 50 minutes three times a week. That's impressive, right? That is really showing that it doesn't have to be a a huge amount of time. It has to be commitment and consistency. So the I don't have time to exercise kind of excuse for not getting out there and moving is not really legitimate when you consider you can fit in a quality workout even if you only have 10 minutes three times a week. 10 minutes, three times a week, it's going to make a difference. She also says success breeds success. A journey of a 1,000 miles begins with a single step, right? So just like compound interest, if you're saving money for college or for retirement or whatever, those, those small steps add up to impressive gains. Once we start and realize some early success, it is easier to continue, it is easier to keep going when you start feeling good about what you're doing. So these small steps help um, really help give you an opportunity to learn and adjust as you're going, while feeling assured that no step is going to be too much. You got that. You can you can do another step. It's not going to uh, hurt you or destroy you or 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 injure you. You can you're building up your sense of confidence in yourself. Ann Gomez says, consistency makes work easier. Small steps help us create valuable habits, which help us achieve big goals. If you want to make an easy job seem hard, just put off doing it. That's a quote from Olin Miller. I don't know who Olin Miller is, but that's a great quote. If you want to make an easy job seem mighty hard, just keep putting off doing it. Conversely, when you just do it, when when you just do it, As the Nike uh, slogan says, it gets easier and easier to do it. Small steps help us avoid decision fatigue, which diminishes our impact. Small steps allow us to better manage our cognitive load, meaning we have more headspace to deal with all our other thoughts and plans. If you're in the gym for 60 or 70 minutes or 90 minutes, (sighs) That's, uh, that's a lot of time that you're not doing other things, and maybe you're thinking about it instead of doing it. But when, you, when you're in the gym for 30 minutes or 13 minutes, hey, you've got some time to get other stuff done. Um, small steps help us better manage distraction. The less we have to resist the destructive habit of multitasking, the more success we'll have with, with each small step. Progress equals momentum. Momentum small steps create critical early momentum and this momentum is crucial if you want if you want to thrive if you want to get to where you're going one of the most prevalent features of high performance teams is the ability to make meaningful progress on important goals there's a book called the progress principle and the author found that progress creates the best work experience so forward momentum in meaningful work creates the best inner Work life, and this translates into higher creativity and productivity, and that's about work. But it's true of all things. When you when you find meaning in what you're doing, when you feel a sense of accomplishment, it it makes you want to do even more. When you walk four miles, makes you want to walk five. When you walk walk ten miles, makes you want to walk twenty, especially for a good cause like the Susan G. Komen Walk for a Cure. Uh, Stanford research supports this idea that progress equals momentum uh, at the individual level, not just in terms of teams. Um, A Stanford research professor says, when you are just starting a pursuit, feeling reassured that it's actually doable is important, and achieving a sub-goal increases that sense of attainability. So this same research shows that shifting your focus to the final outcome Outcome benefits you only as you approach the completion of your goal. So if you are uh, thinking, I've got to lose 50 pounds, that is daunting. That is really, that seems like a lot of weight to lose. But if you think, I'm going to lose 5 pounds, better yet, forget about thinking about losing weight. Think, I'm going to make some healthy changes. I am going to, uh, for example, not have, uh, uh, not skip meals. I'm not going to skip breakfast or lunch or be really skimping on my meals so that by the time dinner comes around, I lose all control. I'm going to have breakfast and lunch and some snacks, and I'm going to make sure that I don't go to that place where I'm starving and I lose control. Or it can say, I'm going to, for today, uh, I'm going to make a healthy choice. I'm going to have less sugar in my coffee, or I'm going to have no sugar in my coffee, or I'm going to have a piece of fruit instead of pie. Just a simple shift like that rather than I'm going to lose 5 pounds or 50. Um, Last, small steps aren't overwhelming, so they're more likely to stick. Small steps are attainable. They're specifically designed to not feel overwhelming. It is overwhelming to think about walking 60 miles. It is not overwhelming to think about walking half a mile, a mile, which then, of course, builds, builds, and builds, and builds. Small steps are easier to fit into a hectic, overscheduled day, which most of us are facing on a regular basis. And that's why most project management is grounded in breaking big tasks down into small, attainable steps. And focusing on small steps is a great way to act... ACT, On Procrastination, ACT, is an acronym, Attainable, with small steps, Boost Your Confidence, C, and Agree Upon a Timeline, ACT, Attainable, Confidence, and Timeline. So as an added bonus, these small incremental changes are the kind of changes that actually stick. Sudden radical transformations don't have nearly the same staying power right? If you if you just go from uh, uh, having not the greatest eating habits to going on a fasting diet or keto or something that may be uh, unattainable to stay on forever, and keto people, please do not write me and tell me how attainable keto is and how, how it's the greatest thing ever. For some people, it is. For other people, it is about deprivation, which leads to uh, a overeating or binging the deprivation or the anticipation of deprivation leads to binging if you say well i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna you know go on a radical diet i'm not gonna have any fat i'm not gonna i'm not gonna have any carbs i'm only gonna eat vegetables and lean protein and that's it well that is it might feel good for a while but it, eventually it's gonna be not sustainable but maybe in, if that's where your ultimate goal is then just say hey you know what? i'm gonna cut out processed foods today That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to eat processed foods. I'm not going to eat something out of a bag. So with those types of small changes that are doable, they can lead to meeting your goals. And the closer you get, the easier it gets to continue doing those small steps. So, uh, and it'll have staying power. You're gonna keep doing it. By the way, call me crazy, but uh, we did. We finished the what the the walk on Sunday, and the next day went walked all around the San Diego Animal <laughs> Wild Animal Safari Park, and yesterday went and walked another two miles because we didn't have time to to walk four right? Can't stop. Love it. Even though the goal is no longer got to do that 60 miles. It feels so good to walk that we can't stop. So think about it. One step at a time, one day at a time. Why not one meal at a time? Um, which also reminds me that uh, lots of people say, well, I, I, I ate this or that for breakfast or lunch. So the whole day is shot The whole day is ruined, so I might as well just eat whatever. Like, the day is ruined because I ate that. Well, is it? Is it really ruined? No. If you eat pancakes when you told yourself you would have egg whites, the day isn't ruined. You just ate pancakes. So then have a healthier lunch. Don't say, oh my gosh, the day is ruined. It is no longer perfect. I might as well have every bad thing I don't allow myself to have. Another reason why uh, deprivation leads to binging. How about say, okay, that was not the healthiest choice that I had, but my next meal, I'm going to be healthier. Or uh, it's at night, you know what, I'm going to stop. I'm going to be, I'm going to take care of myself right now. And I'm going to be gentle with myself. And I'm going to look at why I ate that rather than focusing on what I ate and feeling terrible about myself. So anybody have any thoughts about um, uh, the small steps? Give me a call. Let me know how it's going for you and uh, and what your challenges are. So, okay. Oh, and by the way, that number is 818-602-4929. Okay. It is easy to become overwhelmed with your weight loss goals, whether you need to drop 100 pounds to reach a healthy weight, or 30 pounds, or 10, or 5, or whatever. Besides the feeling of overwhelm when you begin the process of weight loss or being healthier, um, change itself is a challenge for a lot of people. When you want to lose weight in a healthy way by changing your lifestyle, you are considering changing your eating habits to exclude unhealthy processed foods and replacing them with healthy whole foods. That's really what it's all about. Which can be a huge change for you if you've been living mainly on processed foods or eating um, shakes or bars or whatever it is. I mean, I don't even—I'm not even talking about going to a fast food restaurant. I'm talking about people who eat. Eat what they think is healthy They'll open up a bar A protein bar And say oh I'm being healthy Or they'll make a snack Oh I'm being healthy Well you know what It's really not healthy Your body doesn't love those People respond much better To healthy whole foods And it's a lot easier By the way To open up a you know a, a bag of whatever Or make a shake Or eat a bar Than it is to prepare something um, For yourself So Uh, A solution that will help you with the feeling of being overwhelmed is to take things one day at a time, one step at a time, like we've been talking about. And as you know, I am really in favor of breaking down weight loss goals, if you're making weight loss goals, into five-pound increments. Um, Or just, hey, today I'm going to make healthy choices. Or this meal, I'm going to make healthy choices. Just a step at a time, whether that step is a day or a meal or an hour or a minute. Um, So just think about today. Today, I'm going to make healthy meal options. For today, I'm going to get out and do some exercise. 10 minutes is good. 10 minutes is fine. If you do more, great. But 10 minutes, you will have reached your goal. Today, focus on being encouraging to yourself. Instead of thinking about, well, I'm going to have to do this until I lose weight. Think about today. And by the way, when you get to your weight loss goal, it might feel so good to you to be eating this way that you won't want to change, especially if you're not depriving yourself. So just think about healthy options today. That is your goal. Healthy, Healthy options at this meal. That is your goal. And when you take it one day at a time, one hour at a time, one meal at a time, Whatever, it's going to help you feel better and it's going to help you create new, healthier habits that you will start incorporating naturally into your life. Um, of course, in the beginning, change can be difficult. Uh, just, just speaking of how about bars and, and all of that, I, I had a patient once who went on Weight Watchers. She said, I can't do the non-diet thing, Dr. Nina. I've got to be on a diet of some kind. So she was on Weight Watchers. Uh, but she also didn't want to give up all her... She was like a pastry cookie cake person. She didn't want to give it up. So she joined Weight Watchers, and then she got all the Weight Watchers goodies. Like all of those Weight Watchers... Because Weight Watchers, you don't count calories, you count points. So she had all these points, and she was spending a lot of those points... On Weight Watchers snacks and cookies and bars and stuff like that, and even though she was staying within her point range, she was not losing weight. She was not losing weight, and um, she couldn't figure it out. And I said, "Look, your body is not—I don't—I don't think you're, i don't think your body is liking these foods. So why don't you try? Even though I don't give nutritional advice." we we thought it might be a good idea for her to just sub out instead of those cookies and things like that have a, have an actual apple instead of an apple pie have something healthy have whole foods have things with only you know three or four ingredients just give it a try and boom she started losing weight like crazy same points but lost weight it, so much weight. And then after several months, she decided to have another one of those Weight Watchers bar things that she was eating day in and day out. And she had it. And guess what? It was not so good to her. She did not think it was as good as she remembered. So when you create a healthier habit, often it's that habit's going to stick. It's, it's not going to um, be a temporary solution. And then when you go back to eating the things that you used to love, you may find not always, but you may find that some of them are much better in your memory than they are in reality. So there is no need to overwhelm yourself by thinking you've got to do such and such for the rest of your life. Can't can eat, can't eat a carb, can't eat only carbs. Can't eat fat, can eat only fat. Can't eat, you know, whole food groups. No, just be healthy for this meal, this meal, this meal, this meal. Go work out take a walk, dance around your house. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be like like a grueling workout. It should be something you like, something that's fun. Um, So even though it's important to choose lifestyle changes over short-term dieting in order to maintain weight loss, you can still focus only on today, this day, this hour, this meal. Take some pressure off yourself. Don't think in terms of, until I lose the weight which is going to be overwhelming. Just think about right now. And then one day you're going to look back and you're going to see weeks and months and finally years of success. And you get there by focusing on one thing at a time, one step at a time. So what is your next step? Give me a call, 818-602-4929. 818-602-4929. Okay. Here is a question from Amika. She says, I saw your video on what not to say to a dieter and I love it. I know some family members are listening to your show. Can you cover the same things you talked about on your video? For some reason, I can't get them to watch the video, but they listen to the show. Amika, I am happy to share what I talked about on what not to say to a dieter. So, Here's the reason why I did the video, which is that people would would call me and they'd say or they talk to me or my patients or my people in my online programs would say, "Oh god my my family is they they think they're trying to be helpful, but they're 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 making things worse. they're pointing things out like, oh, do you really need to eat that? Oh, you shouldn't have that no, no, that's a no no for you or oh you you don't really you're not really gonna have that, are you?" So they're trying to help and what are they doing? They're being the food police and they are shaming the people they're trying to help. They're actually making things worse. Amika's family, are you listening? I know you want to help. I'm going to teach you how to help. So this is for people who want to know how to talk to other people and be supportive of other people who are in a on a on a healthy kick, on a healthy way of you know changing their way of eating changing their way of 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 being in relationship to themselves and their bodies and food but it's also i think a guide on how to to talk to yourself right you don't want to be the food police to yourself either so keep that in mind as i go so uh all right here's what not to say to a dieter or let's face it to yourself here we go <coughs> excuse me, first and foremost, don't, don't, do not, do not ever do this. Do not be the food police. Do not say, do you think you should eat that? Do not say, oh, maybe you should make a healthier choice. Do not say you really need a second portion of that. It is, it is in the history, (laughs) in the history of all time, a comment like that has never been met with, oh, You're right. No one has ever put down their fork or their spoon or stopped eating and said, You're right. I never thought of that. I shouldn't eat this. What am I doing? Thank you for enlightening me. Thank you for pointing that out. That has never happened. That will never happen. Because more likely, when you're the food police to someone, the person you're talking to feels embarrassed, ashamed, guilty, defensive. They can get mad at you. Stop telling me what to do, right? And worse, and this is the worst part, they're even more likely to turn to food for comfort since food soothes, numbs, distracts, comforts. It, it takes you away from uncomfortable feelings. So being the food police doesn't make things better. It usually makes things worse. It makes people feel bad, and then if they don't, know how to make themselves feel better, they're gonna use food to make themselves feel better. And if you're doing this to yourself, I shouldn't eat this, I shouldn't have that, why did I have that? I, I don't really need another portion. How about change the language? Don't food police yourself. Say to yourself, okay, um, am I eating this because I'm hungry? Or am I eating this because something's going on with me and I'm trying to distract myself, I'm trying to comfort myself? I'm trying to numb myself. What's going on with me? Be curious, not critical. Um, another example of what not to say is: don't be logical. Don't say, "If you want to lose weight, just eat less." <sighs> okay, I just you know what I I've got. I've, I've got to just boo that. Let, let, let me try that again. Okay, here's something else you do not want to say: do not say, "If you want to lose weight." Just eat less. Boo! Boo! No! Here's why logic doesn't help. What seems like a weight problem or a food problem is usually not about food at all. Whatever is going on with food is the solution to the problem. It is not the problem. In gardening, if you chop off a weed, it grows back. To get rid of that weed for good... You got to dig out the root. Overeating, binge eating, stress eating, compulsive eating, any kind of problematic eating is the equivalent of weeding. We- yanking a weed, not the root. To stop, you got to identify and work through the conflicts and emotions that lead to using food to cope. So talking about food or being logical isn't going to help. It puts the focus on the wrong thing. It puts the focus on what you're eating instead of why, or what the person is eating instead of why. Um, And also, when it comes to food, this is not logical. It is not logical. It is psychological. So very important to keep that in mind. Um, here's a third, a a third thing that people do. They think they're, they think they're being helpful, but they're not. Hold on. I got to take a sip of water before I have a coughing fit on air. Don't want to have a coughing fit on air. Okay. What if you're trying to be supportive and reassuring? You think you're being really helpful and you say something like, this is body image. Now, what do you mean you feel fat? You look great. You look great. That's another what not to say. Think about it. If you say, well, you look amazing to someone, has that person ever said, really? (coughs) I look amazing? Oh, thanks. I don't feel fat anymore. That's great to know. Again, it has probably never happened and it never will. First of all, fat is a substance. Fat is not a feeling. If someone feels fat, he or she may be using the term fat as a default description for something else. Usually saying, oh, I feel fat is code for I feel... uh, I feel like I'm feeling too much or I'm unsatisfied or I want more of something or something uncomfortable is going on with me and rather than focus on that I'm going to feel the, the I'm going to feel fat these big feelings become big me. They they may feel fat because it's preferable and easier to feeling emotions. Telling someone they look great does not reassure them on any kind of level if they're using the term fat to express a feeling, to express a fear that they're too much or not good enough or because it's easier to feel fat than to feel anxious, scared, vulnerable, or upset. Now, if you're telling yourself that you feel fat, how many times have you said, oh, I feel really fat today? Well, if you weren't talking about your weight what would you be thinking about? Often, because often we feel fat as 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 a way of of turning against ourselves. Someone will say uh, they feel fat rather than say I feel upset. It's or um, it's easier to be upset at yourself for for feeling fat than it is to be upset with someone else. Often we turn against ourselves. We take emotions or thoughts or feelings that that. Belong to other people I'm really mad at this person Or this situation No, no, no That's forbidden You're not allowed to be mad So it becomes I'm really mad at myself Because I'm fat Or I'm really mad at myself Because I ate whatever In other words We target ourselves But the ammunition That we're turning towards ourselves Is really uh, meant for others You're really upset at other people, other situations, something else is going on in your life. But rather than get in touch with what's going on, how you feel about someone else or something else, it becomes, oh, attacking yourself because it's, Often easier to attack yourself than to hold on to feelings about a situation that may not change, a person that may not change, or something that you feel powerless over. Better to feel uh, powerless over food, which you ostensibly can change, than to feel powerless or upset about a situation you can't change. Now maybe you're thinking... I don't say any of those things. I'm sensitive to other people's feelings. I'd never comment on my friend's weight or my husband or wife's uh, intake of food. I'd never say anything to anybody about any of this stuff. Well, that's great. That's awesome. Good for you. In fact, you get a little applause. Okay, a little applause. But do you talk about other people's weight? Have you ever said anything like, "Oh, that actress who lost all her baby weight in three weeks, she looks amazing," or maybe you've weighed in, so to speak, couldn't resist, weighed in on the changing weight of various celebrities out there in the world. Right, Lady Gaga, she's up, she's down. Um, Chris Christie, not so much in the news anymore, but for a while, it was his his weight was a a topic of conversation. Lots of celebrities, their weight's up, their weight's down, and people talk about it. So although overeating, binge eating, stress eating, problem eating is about deeper issues than food and weight, commenting on appearance, other people's appearance, can actually trigger that behavior. Because when people feel bad about themselves, say in comparison to a celebrity who lost all her baby weight in three weeks, they might turn to food for comfort or distraction. Or they might feel as if they, like the celebrities that I mentioned, and there are a lot more, as if they are under scrutiny. Oh, well, if you're going to judge that person's weight, or, or the person uh, doesn't have to be a celebrity. I've had people who, they'll go out to dinner, and and they'll just be with their their family members or whatever, and someone will say, oh my God, can you believe that person at, at the next table is eating That? They sure don't need that. Um uh, how much time do we have left? So even if you're commenting on other people's oh here's a call. And guess who it is? It is Nicole. Okay. Good, Good to morning, hear from Dr. you. Anna. Good morning. How are you? I am fine. I know you called last week and we did not have enough time to talk, so what's going on? Okay, so uh, last week I wanted to ask about like late night eating,
1: like eating eating late at night and specifically like I'm trying to be curious about it and ask myself like what's eating at me? Like why, why am I going to food? What am I feeling emotionally? Oh, oh, wait, um, wait,
0: wait, wait. I just have to give you that, too. My goodness. Nicole, the fact that you are asking yeah. those questions of yourself is amazing. So good for you. Okay. okay, cool. So, but then that doesn't stop the actual...
1: Okay, so then I think, okay, what am I feeling emotionally? What's eating at me? And then if nothing is specifically eating at me... Well... And I still want to... Do you think I'm just, like, denying that something's actually eating at me? Could be. Or maybe I'm just making it smaller than it actually is. Like, maybe it's affecting me more than I think it's affecting me.
0: Well, I think something is going on... Hold on, I'm getting a, I'm getting a question from some, from okay. Kylene on Facebook. I'm going to answer your question if we have enough time oh. today, Kylene. If if not, I'll get to it next week. Um, Nicole, I think if you're if you are not hungry and you are s- sort of snacky at at night or you want to eat at night, it means something is going on outside of your awareness. So Wait, I I can't hear you. Hello. You, you can't hear me. You can't hear me. Yeah, it's like breaking up. I can hear you now. Okay, good. It means something is going on. You just don't know what. Mm-hmm. So what? Ha- wh- okay. What you want to do is say, "Well, what happened tonight? What would if I w- mm-hmm. if I were not thinking about food, what would I be thinking about?"
1: Okay, got it. So when if so- I was not thinking about food, what would I be thinking? What about? would be okay, bothering? Yeah.
0: What would be bothering me? I What's on my one? mind?
1: Okay. And then also, wait, hold on a second. Um, if I wasn't thinking about food, <coughs>
0: what would I be thinking about? Yeah. Are you sick, Dr. Neatner? I hope not. <laughs> I'm okay. just coughing. It's okay. just a thing. <coughs> uh, Maybe a little, but I'm so
1: okay. I, I'm actually sick, and I, re- I know that I've called in before, and I've, I've told you that when I feel sick, I feel like I want to eat more because I feel like, what well, we've talked about this like what is what is the what is the remedy for sleepiness or tiredness and the answer is rest not food, but I still <clears throat> physically Feel like I don't actually I mean I don't know if it's mental But I feel like if I give myself the proper nutrition or if I eat You know well, it's, it's enough food and soups and honey and whatever. I'll get better faster.
0: Well, Someone, you got that idea from somewhere. So, how did people okay. when you were when you were a kid and you were sick, what happened? Did you get? Did were you given certain kinds of foods like this will make you feel better?
1: Yeah. Okay, that's where I it was comes from. Watermelon juice, oranges, honey, tea, soups, so and I do the same thing. Exactly. And I don't usually eat those things on a normal basis.
0: Right. So then you might, because you don't eat them on a normal basis. If you like any of them, you might be more tempted to eat more of them. But as so, oh, as, yeah, like yeah, anticipation of deprivation. Exactly. And so, as far as the nighttime eating goes, you want to think, okay, what just happened tonight? What happened earlier in the day? What you know? What okay. am I avoiding? You know, what am I okay, avoiding? What am
1: I avoiding?
0: Yes. Okay. What do I not I mean, want to face? And it could be something that happened that day, or it could be that when you're alone with your thoughts at night, that you might have a more general sense of um, anxiety about your life or about certain aspects of your life. Mhm. Okay.
1: And like this morning, I woke up and I keep telling myself, like, okay, Nicole, I keep telling myself, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat. I don't know why. Well, well, maybe because I know I'm, I'm not feeling 100%. Okay, so
0: don't eat.
1: I know that I want to, yeah. Sorry, you might
0: as it. well say don't breathe. Don't breathe, don't breathe, don't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so how about. I love you. You do the best things. <laughs> how about, how about um, asking yourself, what do I need? what is the most nourishing thing that i could have for my body right now since i'm not feeling 100% okay i'm going to write that down
1: what is the most nourishing thing i can give my body right now since i'm not feeling 100% okay
0: because if you so wait- like
1: i woke up this morning yeah so go ahead no you go ahead Okay, I was going to say I woke up this morning, and I had some blueberries, and I had, like, a little bit of persimmon, and I had one strawberry, and then I had some cheese, and then I went to go get a tea from Starbucks, and I went to this uh, market that has really good chicken soup, so I got some chicken soup, like, to go for later for lunch, and I ended up having some of it in the car right now, <laughs> and, and then I had a little bit of honey, so I feel like this is all, like, a nourishing stuff, but I keep telling myself, don't eat it, don't eat it, don't eat it. That's for your lunch. That's for your lunch. That, like, well, I'm, like, going for it now.
0: Well, I don't know. it doesn't What's sound... Okay, well, just from a practical standpoint, remember, there are two reasons why you overeat. Not you, anyone. One is when you don't mm. eat enough
1: and, mm-hmm. and
0: kind of set yourself up. So you just had some blueberries, a strawberry, and a little bit of fruit maybe that's just not enough to have for breakfast and some tea that's not very much i mean i would be mm-hmm. still hungry after i ate a few bits of fruit so yeah. in, in so instead of pathologizing it oh my gosh i ate the chicken soup how about oh you're yeah. still hungry or it wasn't very satisfying yeah. so be be more interested <laughs> and less and less critical of yourself and don't try to don't try to set up these these rules like don't eat or only eat this
1: i i think i think that well i like the chicken soup it tastes good and it feels good and it's like it's like comforting and like it makes me feel good but i think that like usually i wake up in the morning and i try not to eat for like a few hours that is the worst thing
0: you could do Ugh. Nicole, Dad, that, that is thing. the worst okay. thing you can do. You have been fasting since the night before. The worst thing you can do yeah. is wake up and not eat for three hours. It messes your, with your metabolism, and it, yeah. it makes your, metabol, your metabolism, if it had a voice, would say, oh, there's no food coming in. Slow down. Let's slow our roll. And, uh, then, okay. and then when you do eat... So- it's easier to gain weight because your metabolism has become more efficient. You want it to be faster and not so efficient.
1: Mm. So what is all that intermittent fasting about?
0: Um, a Donate way to sell books. A way to sell books.
1: Okay, got it. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Uh, and uh, so, all, yeah, you, so, all you intermittent I fasters...
0: More... Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, all you intermittent fasters, please don't write me about this either. <laughs> it, yeah. it, but it is a way to sell. It is a way to sell books, and maybe it works okay, for so somebody, I, but it's not going to work for most people.
1: Yeah. So I. So I think usually I wake up in the morning and I and I try not to. So I try to have my smoothie at like 1130, eleven thirty. Eleven eleven thirty. No. So this morning I woke up and I actually had some fruit. So I felt guilty about having the fruit, you, and I'm like, oh, this is sugar. S- I'm starting my Stay off with sugar, and then I probably like felt guilty about that. So then I had the soup in the car and the honey Nicole, and so I'm Nicole, like, oh, I already messed up the day. I think yeah.
0: It was that. Okay. So here you set up a rule for yourself that's not healthy. Don't eat until eleven, and then you yeah. set. You tell yourself you ate sugar when you know eating fruit is not the same as eating a chocolate bar, and then you feel guilty True. because you ate the you ate the fruit, which is actually a, you you should have breakfast and you you tell yourself you've right. broken a rule that you created for yourself which is a, a bad right. rule and then the day is ruined yeah. so you want to yeah. you want to <laughs> <laughs> examine some crazy. Of, you want to examine some of these rules that you have created for yourself um and mm-hmm. and and challenge the veracity of them, the, the truth of them. These are these are not good rules. You should wake up actually, every dietitian I know recommends have breakfast within an hour of waking up. Not three hours. You're messing up your metabolism and you're setting yourself up for later. So okay. that's the that's the 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 like the food part of it. But as far as the nighttime eating. And then I I do have to wrap up because we're just about at the end. But as far as the nighttime eating, ask yourself, what are you what are you distracting yourself from? Whether it's something from the day or some overarching kind of idea about what's going on in your life. Yeah. And let's see what the answers okay. are. Could be interesting.
1: Okay. Okay. All right, I hope you feel better. Okay. Thanks, Dr. Nina. And by the way, congratulations on your 60
0: miles. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It was so much That's fun. It. I want to, I can't yes. wait to do it again. Raise more money.
1: Uh, yay. Thank, Thank you okay, so thanks much. A lot. I'll okay. talk to you
0: soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Okay. Um, so, unfortunately, that is it for the day. I'm going to finish up. I'm pretty much finished up the not what, what, not, what, not to say to a dieter or to yourself, but I'll finish that up next week. Kyleen, I will get to your question about free food next week. And um, everyone, I actually, I hope to be here next week. The next time that I, I talk, I'm gonna try to be here the day before Thanksgiving. I'm not completely sure, but if I don't get to it next week, I will get to it the following week. And again, if you want a free copy of my new book, The Binge Cure, Seven Steps to Outsmart Emotional Eating. It is available for free. All you need to do is cover shipping and handling. Just go to drnina.info, D-R-N-I-N-A.info. And have a great week, everyone, or a great couple of weeks. And I will catch you on the next show. Bye for now.
1: You're listening to The Dr. Nina Show with Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin, only on L.A. Talk Radio.